everybody. Welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast, episode 137. It is me, your host, Evan, here with the All-American Conservative, Solomon Tack, ESCN contributor and host of Talking GOP, Gabe Montalvo, and Proud Boy and management consultant, Dave Koriakis. Dave, thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, just a reminder, check out our brand new Emperor Cuomo shirt and all of our other gear is still 20% off for the rest of this week at EmpireStateConcernNetwork.com slash store. Remember, all the money that you spend there goes back into us helping spread the conservative message in New York and inching our way back to fixing the state, which we desperately, desperately need to do. This next segment is brought to you by Sharktooth Blades. Hey, if you are in construction or just do a ton of handiwork yourself, you must try Sharktooth Blades and your utility knife. They are specifically made for cleaner, more precise cuts, eliminating the paper drag created by ordinary dull one-time use blades. Their blades are 10 times sharper and five times more durable. And now using promo code ESC, you will get an additional 15% off on top of their current sale prices. To get yours, visit www.sharktoothblades.com and order today. I want to give you the opportunity to uh, just give the people at home your story because I know while it, a lot of people do know about it. There are still a lot of people that don't know exactly what happened. So I know that you are part of the Proud Boys who the left likes to claim is a white supremacist group. Clearly, <laughs> clearly they are. Um, but, you know, uh, talk about the, um, the Met Club and Tifa Ambush and just give the folks at home kind of an idea of what happened to you. Because honestly, this could happen to anyone on the right. It's, this is very, uh, it's very scary stuff. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks again uh, for having me. And uh, yeah, it was it seemed like still a long time ago. But I guess, you know, when you're under political prosecution, like each day, it goes by pretty slowly. So (laughs) Uh, it was October 12th, 2018. And uh, there was an event at the Metropolitan uh, Republican Club, which is in Upper East Side Park Avenue. Uh, There was gonna be an event on October 12th. And basically most of the proud boys were like okay let's attend this event and then afterwards we'll go drinking because that's what you do you know that's the problem boys we meet up that's all we do we don't really have a you know outward political agenda or anything like that but obviously a lot of us are right-leaning and conservative and we could define that in different ways but uh we're like okay let's go to this event on october 12th as which is a friday and then uh, we'll, we'll just go drinking afterwards and the two weeks before leading up to the event basically Antifa, let's say people on the left, all the radicals were basically threatening the Republican club saying that they can't have the event uh, and they're threatening them with physical assault. And the day before, a couple of days before the event, they actually vandalized the Republican club. Uh, mask people came in overnight and broke the windows, spray, paste, spray painted the walls, locked the, or glued the locks shut. And posted a manifesto on the door saying that, you know, there'll be more of this to come, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know about you guys. It doesn't seem like a pretty warm welcome in in New York City for a bunch of Republicans. But, you know, for us, we're just like, at least for me, at least, I can't speak for all the Proud Boys, but I think they share the sentiment, whereas, you know, 90% of life is showing up, right? And I'm part part of the, the, uh, the mindset that, you know, if someone wants to exclude me from something, I don't really care. You know, it's just like, okay, if you want me part of your I don't know, country club or whatever, I don't care. I'll just 
join another country club or do something else and try to screw you over, you know, from the other side, basically, you know, if you can't join them, beat them. Right. But at the same time also, it's just like, you know, I'm allowed, I have rights in this country. I can go to a public venue that I'm invited to without being harassed to the event at the event or going home from the event. Mm-hmm. But uh, what happened was they were just threatening uh, all of us. They were threatening the people who are running the event, all that stuff. And, you know, we're like, okay, whatever. Um, this, uh, mind you, this was October, 2018 and if, you know, in political, uh, timelines, that's a long time ago. And so people have a short memory, but that was right before the midterm elections. Right. Right. And Donald Trump, uh, was, was making some good progress and his approval ratings were increasing. The economy was really good. And he was, he kept on, uh, throwing out this, uh, hashtag or saying this slogan, which was actually originated and coined by a, by a proud boy and went viral, which was jobs, not mobs. Right. And because Antifa was known to, or uh, the left was known to being violent and harassing and physically assaulting, uh, not just civilians, but even political candidates running for election. Mm -hmm. So the idea was, and we got some scuttle from the Twitter sphere that basically they wanted to set up a, a, like basically provoke us into a fight and get that film somehow and then use that as evidence saying, Oh, look, look, the right's violent and they're the ones who are terrorizing the streets of Manhattan and other you know, cities across the United States, which is for, furthest from the truth you can probably imagine. There's been, I think by the left leftist account, there's been, I think 200 over 200 incidents of violence involving proud boys. And up until that point, there was not one single arrest of a Proud Boy, which means obviously that they were being provoked into a fight or they were being attacked. And then we just, you know, obviously, you know, our, our motto is uh, fuck around and find out. So if you want to fuck around with us, you know, find out what happens. And obviously everything we did was always to the letter of the law. We never broke any rules, never broke any laws. And um, so there's no way you can really paint us as a violent organization, even though you know, people want to. You have to protect yourself. I mean, if people are going to come after you, you're not just going to stand there. We're not turning the other cheek when people are coming at you with bottle rockets and bike locks. That's just not going to work. That's just asking to be hurt. And the number one rule in life that I tell everybody, same thing with this coronavirus, is protect yourself. Always. Because no one else is going to do it for you. You have to protect yourself. Wait, you mean Governor Cuomo's not going to come and save my life with a ventilator at the the last moment? No, he's busy cleaning the subway cars. You didn't see that? He is personally cleaning all the subway cars. He's going to hide them from you is what he's going to do. He's going to hide them inside of some warehouse somewhere and be like, oh, I don't know where those came from. (laughs) (laughs) But now... Evan, remember when I said I had like some information that can expose Governor Cuomo for being a fuckboy? Yeah, at least it wasn't Hillary Clinton because you'd be dead right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have no information that can lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. Whatsoever. None. Okay. None of us are suicidal. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, I like my life a lot, you know, despite <laughs> this new world we're living in. And uh, I'm healthy. And so if I just die unexpectedly, it would, you got to look into that. <laughs> but, and I don't I don't want to be on ClintonBodyCount.com. So. <laughs> but um, yeah. So what immediately immediately following this event, um, because it, it was a, a huge fiasco. You had what Dave was involved in, and then you had what uh, Paul Miller and Alex was involved in, literally like within two blocks of each other. Yeah. Uh, what Cuomo and De Blasio both did was before the story even really took off in the news stood up and already had preconceived notions. And you know, in this country, you're supposed to be innocent until you're proven guilty. Unless you're a conservative. Unless you're conservative. (laughs) 
they immediately moved to hang the Proud Boys and anybody that was involved in that in that event that might have even been an inkling from the right. And they immediately started saying that these were Nazis. They were uh, a bunch of white supremacists. They were racist and they are not welcomed in the city and helped fan the flames that the, the, the Antifa was already trying to spread. They helped fan them and make it even worse. They fed the fire the oxygen that it needed to really take off. Yep. Dave, how could you be that bad of a person? I mean, come on. I thought you were a nice guy. <laughs> it's like the funny thing is, it's like I, I didn't do anything that night. And like looking back, I was like, man, at least, and this is what my mom told me. She's like, you got into all this trouble. At least you could have like, you know, laid a, or landed a haymaker at the very really? least. You know, get, your, get your money's worth for your, all the legal bills you had to go through. <laughs> That's my mom. She goes to church every day and you know, she prays every night. So, so what, what, oh, Gabe, go ahead. Oh, thank you. No, I was just going to say, when I first heard of the Proud Boys, it was because of Gavin McGinnis that he had recreated the group, it seems, uh, once he was still on the blaze. And he was like, and he said, you know, this is a drinking club, more or less. It's just a fraternity of like men. And it's, it's allowing for boys to be boys. And I thought, this is awesome. And I remember that night because I was following, you know, my Republican spear on social media. And next thing you know, I find out that this altercation happened. And I actually thank God there was video uh, footage from your side, from the Proud Boys side. And I said, thank God that these guys were there because Antifa obviously instigated. And I think they even chased somebody and they tried to jump them. It was Alex and uh, it was my mafia, my wife, I should say. And, uh, and Paul Miller, I was on my way there. I was legitimately on my way there when I get this frantic call from Alex saying, these Antifa are trying to jump us. <laughs> so now I'm flying down through, through Staten Island at like probably a buck 20. I was going so freaking fast through Staten Island that the uh, state trooper didn't even want to chase me. and <laughs> didn't move. He didn't budge an inch. And then I got the call saying, hey, we're good, but I'm going home. I was like, well, okay. Zach, if only you could show up on time, you'd be famous. <laughs> so, so, David, why did you join the Proud Boys? You know, it, the people like to claim that this is a white supremacist uh, organization. And I've defended the Proud Boys before. Uh, but, you know, this is just for me looking in. What are the inner workings where you can actually finally dispel these rumors? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I, I was always hanging around the, the compound media guys and obviously Gavin used to work for compound media. Then uh, when they were, you know, they were talking all about, oh, we, let's have, let's just make up a, make up a, a fraternity. It was almost like out of, off the whim, like every rule that we have that we still subscribe to four years later was literally like off of a whim while we were drunk, you know, and we still, and it, and it speaks to men's groups, you know, men love codes and F, like, you know, uh, codes of conducts and rules and, and um, you know, like all that kind of stuff. So it, that that appeals a lot to to, to men in general. And uh, it's it's just funny because even you know, even politics aside, just creating a men's group is actually not a not a you know trivial matter because you know what they say was like I think forty or sixty percent of men's groups are either on an FBI watch list or have been audited by the IRS. Wow. Uh, and you don't see that happening to women's groups. Let's just put it that way, because you know, you know, women's groups are usually, you know, after a couple of months or years, they kind of self-implode and, and all that. I'm just looking at the women's march. You know, that kind of pretty much self-imploded. Yes. And but you know, when men get together 
and it's not because of money or, uh, you know, the allure maybe of getting, you know, uh, uh, I guess getting women or whatever, if they have, if they go, if they kind of build their value system around something else, that is seen as a threat to uh, well, lots of people, you know, because when a couple of guys get together, they can literally like move mountains, you know, I mean, just think of like when you do something on your own and then you have your buddy help you, it doesn't matter if it's even moving from one apartment to the other, you know, you just get one extra guy to help you. Look how they started the American Revolution. It was a bunch of guys drinking in a bar going, hey, fuck this king. I'm sick yeah. of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> it's also how the Marines started, too. No, really? Yeah, we're just going to shoot, yeah, shoot like, naval officers off of ships. So, all right, let's go do it. <laughs> <laughs> Most elite fighting forces on the planet. So, yeah. Wow. I didn't know <laughs> that. It's interesting. It's Hans mm-hmm. Saver in 1776. <laughs> yeah, now talk. Why don't you talk about the Army now? Oh, June 14th? What? <laughs> you don't think I know my shit? <laughs> oh. Good for you. All right, Dave. So after that night, there were repercussions for all of this. This did have a pretty decent impact on your life and other people's lives. But the reason why I wanted to have you on to talk about this is because of all the rallies that are going on. So just give the folks at home kind of the repercussions that you had to deal with after the night at the Met Club. Yeah. So like, as you said, you know, even bef- right before the event, uh, Paul Miller and Alexa, who are basically journalists, were attacked and robbed by 10 Antifa guys. Uh, three of them were arrested. Uh, three of them were let go by the same DA that was mm-hmm. prosecuting uh, the Proud Boys. And uh, when we left that event, you know, they, they basically let everyone who wasn't a Proud Boy go. The, the police, the police were there escorting out people. They let everyone else go. Then they, uh, they said the Proud Boys had to stay, which I thought was not the smartest tactical thing to do is when we were just kind of isolated from everyone else and then after everyone left they told, told us that we can leave so we left on the other side of the protest there were people just chanting for our death and all that we exit east on 82nd street and then go south onto park avenue to get to the subway to go to the bar we hang out with and then we uh, yeah we basically uh, got jumped by at least six antifa guys um and again you know fuck around and find out <laughs> they started a fight with us and we ended the fight in less than 30 seconds you know, and then we, uh, we, we, after that, we're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> we went to the bar, you know, another just number 200 out of, you know, one, 200 out of, you know, the 200 fights that we've uh, been involved in. No big deal. Um, but then apparently one of the Antifa journalists recorded the fight, posted it on Twitter. And literally that sat, like that was a Friday that it happened. That Saturday, the mayor, Mayor de Blasio, Governor Cuomo, uh, the attorney general, if I've got her, her, his or her name, uh, they all posted on Twitter. Yeah, you know, this is horrible. There's a white bunch of white supremacists running through the city, streets of Manhattan, attacking citizens, and blah blah blah. Uh, and then that that was Saturday. Then Sunday, uh, Mayor or sorry, Governor Cuomo. Uh, it was, this is on a Sunday morning. Released uh, like a forty or one hour long podcast, uh, basically saying how bad the Proud Boys were and how he was going to prosecute us and and all that which was uh, pretty crazy because I don't think he's ever, you know, in a weekend ever given a press conference up until this Corona thing right now he's giving conferences every, every day now. Uh, But, you know, that speaks to how they wanted to use this as a political uh, vehicle to basically uh, advance their own agenda because, you know, Antifa, these people on the far left, they're, they're basically driving the, the, the uh, the politics of at least New York State. I can only speak to New York because you know the average person doesn't care who the Proud Boys. They don't even know who the Proud Boys are, you yeah. know. But 
the mayor and the governor are just going to use this to, um, you know, make themselves seem important because they can't fix any of the real problems that are going on in the state, which we see right now with the whole coronavirus thing. Yeah, I mean, that's what they do. They they try to pick one little thing and they blow it out of proportion and make mm-hmm. themselves look good. Meanwhile, they've run the state and New York City especially do it like completely into the ground. Yeah. So I, I want to hit on one thing that, that you touched on, Dave. It's uh, you have a governor and a mayor of both a, a state and a city, right? Uh, two very important figureheads that write laws into, into office or sign laws into, into office, right? Mm-hmm. These are people who should be abiding by the code of law. These are people that should have at least a, a bit above a moderate understanding of how law works and how state statutes work, right? Mm-hmm. But before there's any proof, before there's any kind of investigation into what happened, before the police even put out a word of what the true story was, these two stood up and immediately went on the whole binge of there's white supremacists. There's, there's these racist Nazis running through Manhattan. How can anybody take these lawmakers and, and seriously when they can't even stick to the code of law? But this is what the left has been doing for years. It's not about being right. It's about being the first person to say something. It's about controlling the narrative and instilling fear into people. And we've seen the same thing where they're talking about like just to get into the mini oval rally, you know, people at these rallies don't care. They don't care about it. Or the frontline workers, they don't care about anyone else getting sick. They're just selfish people. And you know, if you leave your home, you can get sick and then you can kill your whole family. It's about fear and control. And this is what they do. And they've been doing it for years. Ironically, ironically, the every time I've had an encounter with Antifa, they always seem to be the most homogenous when it comes to race, and it appears to be the majority of self-hating white liberals, <laughs> which I find to be hilarious. And they're telling me, "Shame on you, uh, you coconut, you etc." <laughs> I've never experienced racism until I, I became a Republican, and I can't wait till we talk about this. In, 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 you know, I want to be, be a coconut. How come I don't get <laughs> yeah. a fun name? <laughs> call me a Jew. It's not really it's, fair. Yeah, I mean, that's I've, not I've heard name. kike. It rhymes with kite. Okay? Yeah, but that's not that's not a fun name. Like go oh, coconut or an Oreo. Like one of those fun names. I don't get any of that stuff. Make so, me a snack, okay? Stacey <laughs> Davis Jr. Calm down. Is there like some kind of like dessert Jewish dessert that's like but well known, but like white has a white cream on the inside and you can be macaroons, like macaroons, but I'm not brown on the outside. What are the devil dogs are they, aren't they? Not a Jewish dessert. Twinkie, <laughs> but that's not Jewish. Oh. Pretzel. Oh, Jewish. But he's like white on the outside and white oh. on the inside. <laughs> we could call you a latka. Yeah. Uh sure, why not? Yeah, a blintz, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, I just want a fun name. But, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of disappointing. You don't have a name for your your people, self hating Jews. I know, really. I, I call them liberals. I mean, that's really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but this is what we're seeing, and it's it's about labeling a group of people a certain way, so that the rest of the country looks at them in a negative light. And we've seen it, especially with the protest. It's mm-hmm. we made we made it seem like people who want to stand up for their rights are selfish. If me, if me and a bunch of people want to go to Mineola and protest outside the state building for our freedoms and for small business owners and for people who are losing their livelihoods, how is that selfish when with people who march down, you know, march in Washington in order to kill babies are considered heroic? It's, it's, it's really just 
The left wants to have this narrative where if you disagree with us, you're a terrible person. And no matter what you do, you're still a terrible person, even if we do the same thing for our own causes. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I mean, uh, there, there are people driving by us who are against our, uh, our rally and they were like saying, go home or stay home or go home. I'm like, you're not even home. You know, like, <laughs> you're in the car. <laughs> yeah, you're in the car doing whatever the hell you want to do. And, you know, we're doing the same thing. Come talk to us. Yeah, <laughs> like li- literally, if you speak with us, we're not going to kill you. We're but holding flags. But they, but they don't want that, Gabe. See, they don't want to talk. They want everything that they believe to be shoved back down their throats again. That's why these people only watch things like CNN and MSNBC, and they won't go find their own sources of information. They just want to be fed the same lies and bullshit because that's what they believe. If they believe that Trump is a racist, they're only going to listen to people that say Trump is a racist. In, oh. in this video chat right now, there is one person with white skin. None of, no one else here has ever said that Trump is a racist. But if you went up to someone and told them that, they wouldn't believe you. They would just say that you're delusional, you don't know what you're talking about, and probably call you a race traitor. Meanwhile, they're claiming to be the tolerant people who love all minorities. It's all garbage. Yeah, It's called confirmation bias. That's what the word I was looking for. That's why I was rambling because I couldn't remember the word. <laughs> See, Tack, this is why we keep you around. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, I saw somebody uh, on social media post again asking, "Why are there so many people outside? You know, these people are dumbasses, and it's going to be their fault, and it's going to suck that we have to stay in for another month because of them. Because no they're going to spike. They're acting like there's not a virus going around." And I said, "You're wrong on two accounts." She's like, "Which ones?" I was like, All, "Everything that you've said." <laughs> is just incorrect because you cannot tell me that me not having much stake in any of this to reopen anything because I'm, you know, cause I'm with my grandparents. You cannot tell me that it is selfish of me to protest the unconstitutionality of what Cuomo is doing to advocate for somebody else's livelihood. The majority of us, I'd say, you know, do have small businesses here or, do have income that might not be coming in as much, but we do know that there are people that are much less fortunate than, than we are at this current time. And for us to go out there and at least be productive instead of staying indoors, they just said that the sunlight can kill this virus after people said no. And now they're saying, yes, we're finally coming to the conclusion that yes, going outside is actually healthy for you again. We're actually being productive and we're advocating for people to work and to make money for themselves so how again are we selfish if we're advocating for other people because god forbid we die tomorrow we can at least say that we fought for other people and we're not sending them to the slaughter without us actually Mm -hmm. going out there standing arm in arm with them i mean if you can be healthy if you could be safe and healthy standing in line for walmart with a bunch of Mm -hmm. other people why can't i be safe and healthy going to my local gun store and picking up a firearm or picking up ammunition or going to any mom and pop shop and patronizing them regardless of what you think of the mask let's say for argument's sake the mask did work even though they don't okay let's say they did i can wear a mask and go into any store it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be first of all i'm much better off going to a smaller store that's more likely to have less people in it Mm -hmm. if you own a smaller shop and you have five people in it at a time it's easier to have someone in there cleaning the store and actually getting it clean as opposed to target which is like a mini city and it's just full of people yeah. not wearing the mask correctly either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just being all over the place. Right below their fucking nose. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> the logic isn't there. And they yeah. 
and they do it based on, well, I care about doctors and nurses. I have friends that work in medicine. I care a lot about them too. They are telling me we need to reopen. They are telling yeah. me it is time. We need to get people out and moving. So don't tell me, oh, I, this, is, this is what the left does. It's I care, so you have to listen to me. Mm -hmm. I care too. I care about the small business owner who's going to have to close his doors and now cannot feed his family because a $1,200 stimulus check is not going to cut it. And unemployment, which we can't pay now because the mm -hmm. state is broke, is not going to cut it. There are ramifications beyond this. It is, not, it is as an American, it is our duty to question the government when they tell us things. We are here saying we don't trust this. We want to know what the plan is. We want to start moving forward. We are not willing to sit on our asses any longer. I've said it when they started this thing, Americans are not going to stay in their homes. We saw it in Brooklyn today. The parks were packed. Mm -hmm. I saw it yesterday in Eisenhower. The park was packed. People will not stay in their homes when the weather gets better, and mm -hmm. they shouldn't stay in their homes. As always, protect yourself. Whether or not you believe that being outside is going to get you killed or whether or not you believe the mask works, protect yourself. Do what you need to do. If you want to stay in the home, that's your right. I am not going to live in fear. I will not do that. That is not what I was raised to do, and that is not, as an American, what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Even MarketWatch uh, said that about 45% of small business owners won't be able to reopen I don't That's know. Insane. Yeah, I, I don't know one person, myself included, because I have a small business. I don't know one, anyone who has a small, a viable small business is like, yeah, we should just stay shut. You know, it's like th this whole thing was done from the top down. And the people who could weather this storm are either large institutions, large corporations, uh, you know, uh, colleges, hospitals, et cetera, that either have enough cash to burn, like, you know, to sit this one out for a few months or are going to get huge bailouts from the you know the politicians because they're they're the large businesses but I don't know anyone who has a small business that is like oh yeah this is great you know like yeah. no one's advocating to, no one advocated for a complete shutdown to begin with and no one's saying that we should stay closed I have a a bait shop I frequent right and uh, I'm pretty close to the owners well I wouldn't say close but I know them very well Elite, but, you're at least 6 feet apart right tech yeah uh, <laughs> eh, not really we <laughs> We share the same personal bubble, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, they're getting into arguments with, with customers because they're only expected to have 10% or 10 people in the store at a time. And people that are really inefficient, they follow the, the science behind it. They follow the, the okay, we're going to have a waxing or waning moon. The fish are going to be going through a minor feeding uh, at this time and a major feeding at that time. So they got to get on their boats and get them out in the, the bays and in the rivers and all of that. So they got to get in a bait shop and leave. Now they're standing on hour-long lines waiting to get into this bait shop. Because they're not going to get the same things that they're going to get at, at Walmart at an yeah. actual bait shop. And they're literally out there arguing with the owners, like, why? Like, what is this? Stop with this 10-people bullshit. Whether If one of the 10 people have coronavirus, then we're all going to get it. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if you have 10 people or 20 people in there. So it's the, the whole lockdown situation is messing with not only the small businesses, the owners, but also the people that patronize those businesses at the oh, yeah. same time. Yeah, I don't, uh, it's like every large business, like franchise, chain, whatever I go into, they're always like, if you don't have your mask on, if you're not within a certain amount of distance of each other, they, they get freaked out and they're like, you know, going to come down and you're not going to serve you. 
but every small bodega or any small business I go to, they, they don't care. They're like, whatever, man. It's like, mm-hmm. because the bigger businesses are worried about <laughs> ghetto. Like I'm not, scared, I'm, I'm not scared of a coronavirus. You know, I have a bigger chance of getting robbed by it and got gunpoint. You know? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's happened to me. <laughs> oh yeah. I said After this last the- time when I just had Gabe, I'll give him one second. I yeah, said, yeah. I'm going to forget. I said this last time when it was just me and Gabe, everyone is complaining about, you know, why should you know, small business owners should have had money saved up. But what about when Trump shut down the government and people who worked for the government missed two paychecks and everyone was crying and screaming for people who worked for the government, but there is mm-hmm. no support for the small business owner. Most of the businesses in this country are small businesses. So you're willing to cry for the people who work for the government, who basically have guaranteed paychecks throughout every freaking economy, but you're not willing to, to even just consider what the small business owner is going through. It's so hypocritical. What they need to do, these federal employees, if they join certain, um, what is it, the credit unions, whenever the government shuts down, the credit unions front those individuals the money and just gets the payback from the government on the back end. So the people that are losing out on money, they have workers then. (laughs) So the the people that, that lose out on those paychecks are people that are, that are like, I don't like this credit union. I'm mm-hmm. just going to go to Bank of America or Wachovia isn't even a thing anymore. What is it? Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo, yep. And uh, uh, the, uh, those kind of banks that don't do favors for federal workers. They just like, well, you, whenever you get paid, you get paid. But the yeah. ones that belong to credit unions, they should be okay, at least for two paychecks. Yeah. It's just crazy that like, yeah, they won't let me work. They won't let my peers work. The government, but the government still wants my property tax due on time mm-hmm. and paid in full. And they sent a letter stating that you know, a couple of weeks ago, they're like, yep, yeah, the property tax is going to be due same time, same place. And we're <laughs> not giving you an ex- extension. And it's just crazy because at least here out in New York, where the majority of your property taxes go to the schools and the schools are not operating and the teachers are not working. So you're not letting me work. And I got to find a way to scrum up the money to pay the teachers who aren't working because now every parent is basically a stay-at-home you know, teacher because they're basically babysitting, doing their job, and teaching their kids at the same time. Well, I work in education. Teachers are working, just working a lot less. Anyone who's telling you it is too hard to do distance learning, it is not. I am in meetings in and out throughout the day, and we do have to check up on the kids. But, I mean, I work New York City special ed. These kids weren't doing work before. They're not doing mm-hmm. work now. But my mm-hmm. brother also works in education. He's setting things up. He's grading stuff. It's not this huge you know, issue that, you know, oh my God, I have to do so much work for distance learning. You know, there's no commute. You can wake up 10 minutes before you have to be at work. Yeah. It is, it is definitely different, but it's the, so, so I hate to rag on teachers because I work in education, but so many teachers just can't handle anything. I work at a <laughs> camp during the summer and we were setting up a color war race at Apache Relay. And I go, I was the head, the head of the sports program. I go, I need these kids at this building at this time these kids need bathing suits. These kids need to be ready to go in the gym. I, I needed 20 kids. I got seven t- kids total. None of the kids had bathing suits. And they started the race before we were ready. And I get on the radio. I go, what is wrong with you? you guys really couldn't handle this? Like, stop yelling at me. I'm like, you had one job. You had one job was to sit down with one other person and make a list of 20 kids. A lot of people who go into education go into education because they think it's just going to be a, a walk in the park. And when anything goes wrong, they freak out. If they have to go in on a weekend, they have to stay late. That's the real world. I worked in law enforcement. You got to work holidays. It's snowing. Guess what? Get to work. It's raining. 
it's, you know, it's freezing cold out. You have to be there. Mm -hmm. So it's too many people believe that they're living in this cushy world and anything goes wrong and they can't handle it. You have to be adaptable. You have to be able to weather the storm. And it's the mm -hmm. same thing with this. You have to be willing to know if you need to get out and get supplies, get out and get supplies, protect yourself always. But too many people just want to live in this little bubble of fear and just go, well, they told me it's not safe to go outside. So no one should be going outside because I'm not going to go outside and I'm afraid. Not everyone needs to live in fear. Mm -hmm. And that, that's what I wanted to, to really say to you. I, you know, if you don't want to go outside, just stay indoors. What's, what's the, what is the issue with that? And when it comes to teachers and you, your story kind of brought up a memory of mine. My mom had taken me to a barbecue when I was uh, 16. This was around the time of the, uh, the presidential election. It was Hillary versus Bernie was still in, but it was really Hillary and Trump. And I had five men debate me on why Bernie was the best choice. The, the last one that stuck around, I think I insulted him because it was just getting so frustrating because he's talking about socialism and this. And I said, what is your job? And he said, I'm an assistant teacher. And I said, okay, what else have you done? He says, no, I've always worked within education. I'm still, I've always been an assistant teacher or substitute teacher. I mean, and I said, okay, you know nothing about the economy. What? I said, you really don't understand how things work, how production works. You've never been in a situation where if you don't make X amount of products, you're going to get fired. You've always been reliant on the government to provide you a paycheck mm. and to provide you benefits and to be a cushion for any mistake that may or may not happen because you're told that it's out of your control. And he's say after that conversation, he was very red in the face. He turned and walked away. And you know, we love what educators do. And it is difficult, I'd say more so for the students. At the same time, if a child wants to go outside and play, in a park where there are not many people anyways, because everyone else and their mother's afraid to go outside. They should be able to have that in, uh, in the Mineola rally in the, when I was interviewing people uh, to put up for the video of the protest, one of the final people I spoke to was a, a dad with a special needs son. His son is autistic. So he needs certain stimulation to keep him going and, and you know, functioning well in the home. But because of the programs were cut, they're worried about regression of the progress that his son has already made. Wow. A, a, a kid recently committed suicide. Yep. He hung himself. And I know, I know uh, you guys uh, shared this, but a kid hung himself. And this is the exact same thing, conversation I had with uh, my boys in summer camp when I did my own summer camp uh, program. Boys would come to me and ask me, what, what is wrong with me? Mr. G, Mr. G, what's wrong with me? I feel like I have anger issues. Why? Because I get upset when I play video games and I happen to yell. And I said, it, you're, nothing's wrong with you. You're just very emotional about, you know, a team effort game, whether it's Fortnite or whatever, you're still with a, with a group of other, other guys. You're trying your best. You're putting your heart and soul into winning this one thing that means a lot to you and you failed at it. But that doesn't mean that it's at the end. And if you get frustrated, that's not wrong. So long as you're not actively, you know, committing violence against people. I asked him, did you ever feel you know, that you needed to hurt somebody? No. So then you're fine, but it's wrong to have people. And David, this goes into what you're saying. It's wrong to just have people upset with the notion that boys will be boys or that boys can't just settle things amongst themselves in that fraternity, because there is a bond. There is a brotherhood that is created there and it's wrong. And in the education field, how we're just treated as boys is if they're a little bit rowdy, ADHD, got to put mm -hmm. them on the pills. 
got to put them on depressants. And I know this is a very, you know, it's a bigger conversation than what we're having, but what I'm saying is we have to stop treating everything like it's a huge emergency when we're not actually looking at the people that it's affecting the most. Yeah, I mean, I played sports my entire life. There is nothing better than being on the bench next to your teammates or being – I played hockey, so you're on the bench a lot. I'm not, you know, I'm bad at sports. But, you know, there's nothing better than being on the bench with your teammates. There's nothing better than celebrating with your teammates or just being in the locker room before a game or after a game and having that camaraderie. And men need that. And this issue that they're trying to demonize masculinity, which is a whole nother episode – which we'll have to do eventually. We got to have Dave back for that one. Yeah, we'll have yeah, Dave back for that. We'll get status on for that. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 horrible what they're do what they're trying to do to young men. And you know, men are men. Women are women. These are facts. You mm-hmm. know, not every guy is a macho guy, but you know, it's in general what we're speaking on. It's men are men and women are women, and we fall into a certain category, and we operate differently than women do, and we have different friendships than women have. And that's fine. It's fine. It, it, it needs to be fine because to fight, they always talk about science. They're the ones who want to fight science. Science are men need male companionship. Men, boys they need man. fathers. They need these things in order to be just to be themselves. And the one you they see man. it because these guys, these boys growing up without fathers are committing most of the crimes. They're committing most of the violence against women. And these same people who claim that they, that they want to stand up for women who are being battered are the same people supporting saying that single mothers are, are heroes and that, you know, you don't need to have families anymore. No. It, it's just, it's a, it's a culture. I got numbers on really that is. for the, for, I got numbers on that for the next episode when we actually do that episode. Good. But us, I like numbers. <laughs> speaking of, and not percentages, cold, hard, factual numbers. Cause you can play with percentages, but speaking of anger issues, I'm holding right here. This is the little the handle that you use to, to reel your line in with. What you do off tack. my rod? Impulse control tack. You've been <laughs> over this so many times. I, I got frustrated. I got pissed off, and I threw my rod. I didn't really like throw it. Throw it. I kind of just tossed it because the one bite that I would have had was a huge fish, huge, and it was it's probably a, a bull drum, a bull red, right? And uh, it some kind of way snapped off and I got pissed off and threw it and it snapped and it snapped oh. off. <laughs> just, just tend to your little farm that you're right. Relax. Be like Rick in the walking dead when he had the little farm when they were in the prison. All right. Farmer tack. <laughs> I accept that name. All right, boys. I think that's going to be it for today. Dave, if you could let people know where they could find you online or on social media. Yeah, well, that's a good question. I've been kicked off of Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, uh, Instagram. You know JPay? No. <laughs> JPay is the app that he used to contact inmates. So Max oh, and John, my my fellow uh, Proud Boys, are are serving three years mm-hmm. in prison because oh, yeah. of that. So um, that app was what I was using to send them money and send them me- messages and memes because they love the memes there in prison. It's like the cigarettes, like their currency, getting memes and all that. Okay. Apparently, I sent them something too spicy, so they locked my JPay account also. <laughs> oh so I'm oh. banned off of pretty much everything. So if someone wants to uh, get in contact with me, I'm going to set up a, my own like mailing list or I have my own mailing list set up. So if you want to get on that mailing list, just email list at davidkariakos.com which is list at my first name last name.com 
Um, and if you want to donate any money to Max and John who are in prison because they have to get a life, they have to return to a life when uh, they're out of prison, uh, you can send me a message on that email address as well and I can hook you up with how to uh, help them out. All right, and I will put links to all that in the bio so that people who you know, can't remember anything will be able to see it. Um, guys, make sure that you check out Gabe's video for the Mineola Rally. It was very, very well done, Gabe. You look so professional. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. A lot of people were commenting on, on the quarantine shabbiness, and the, especially the beard, so that was always that. Well, I had my face covered, so they can't really Yeah, you had your face covered, but it was honestly great to see so many small businesses there. And it wasn't just like a MAGA rally, you know? It was an American rally, and that was one of the questions that we asked there. Um, so, you know, thank you for sharing that out. Hopefully people can enjoy it. No problem, guys. Make sure that you like and subscribe on all platforms, guys. Audio is very helpful because we get a little bit of money every single time that someone listens. Any other way that you can support us is to visit our store, guys. We have a lot of new stuff. We have our Emperor Cuomo stuff. We have Don't Let Your Fear Take Don't Let Fear Take Your Freedom stuff. We have had a few people order some Don't Let Fear Take Your Freedom masks. Thank you very much. Um, the printer is on a slight delay due to coronavirus, but they are getting orders out. So those things will be on the way. I promise you that. Make sure that you follow TAC on Instagram at Solomon TAC. That's two A's and a C. There is no K in TAC. Follow us at Get Red Pilled NY. Check us out on Facebook, Empire State Conservatives. Twitter sometimes at Empire State Cons. And for that, make sure you wash your hands and don't let fear take your freedom. Wait. Oh, no. If We're you, not going anywhere. If you, if you just want to fish with me, hit me up. I promise I will not throw my, my rod, okay? I will not throw it. <laughs> just let me know that you want to fish. 20 feet away, <laughs> Tack. 20 feet away. So, so slide into Tack's DMs if you want to go fishing. I'm okay. sure his wife will love that. Yeah, good fishing game there, huh? It's a new one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, make sure to share this with liberals if you want to see them cry and share them with any conservatives. We are on a mission to fix New York. It is a long and winding road, but we are here to fight back, and we are not going anywhere except for Tack, who ran away to Virginia. That. Ooh. Oh, I already said it. Don't watch, make sure you wash your hands. Don't let fear take your freedom. Oh, my God.